Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws, and I'm with returning guest, Lacey Halfern. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. So you ran across an article on LinkedIn, and there may be an original source, but it's called Millennials Don't Want Work-Life Balance. Yeah. Tell us about this article, and let's kind of kick it off from there. Yeah, so it caught my eye. There's also one that I saw similar, I think it might even have the same title, same kind of theme uh, with the Washington Post recently. So oftentimes, companies and, and leaders, everybody's talking about generations, right? There's like... Lots of research out there about the different generations and how... How they like to work. And, right, and the baby boomers, and they're going to be leaving the workforce, and that the big effect that's going to have on businesses. And the largest portion of the workforce right now is millennials, which is a generation that you and I are in. And so everybody always talks about, oh, they want this work-life balance. You know, you, if you want to keep your millennials, you got to give them work-life balance. And I talk about that. And so I saw this article and thought, this is going to be interesting. So, so first, maybe... Work-life balance, that term has been used and thrown around quite a bit, but maybe just define it for the listener. I mean, What it, is work-life balance in terms of how people use it today? Well, that's what's interesting because in my mind, even before reading this article, it's always been, you know, providing employees with harmony or the ability to have a life outside of work, being respectful of the life outside of work, having their, in my mind, when before I read this, it was about there being divide, right? So it's like... You know, mm. you, you can come to work, but that you're, you have this freedom to have, um, flexibility so you can enjoy all the things that your personal life has to offer. That's, that's what was in my mind. And then in reading this article, it really shifted in, and maybe it's, it's just semantics. I don't know. I really feel like this is a different way of thinking. And it resonated with me because uh, being in this generation, this is absolutely, it's like the article said what I feel like I would say to, my manager or what my my friends in in the same demographic might say to their managers so about what they want to me like when i hear balance it means like you're you're doing like you're multitasking basically and you're kind of juggling both at once Mm -hmm. and making sure that they you know you're balancing it and so it doesn't and they're equal and they're equal yeah when i think of how it should be it's like you're either 100 percent over here or you're 100 percent over here but it doesn't mean you can't do those things like all in the same day or in the same hour. You just have to be in or out and choose. Mm-hmm. And it's probably more of like a blend yes. is probably how this article articulates That's exactly it. exactly how this article articulates it. Yeah. And that, that what millennials are looking for, I know we're going to dive into some of the things that it talks about, but they, they want there to be this blend. And it, it just talks about flexibility in a totally different way. So I'm excited to get to share with the listeners. Maybe a different way of thinking about this, if, if there's folks listening that are a millennial and this resonates with you and gives you some tools to be able to talk to your organization about how you can improve the, the workplace or if you're a leader or a business owner, how can we appeal to attracting talent 
and, and doing workforce planning to ensure that we're attracting millennials? How do we make sure that our workforce is set up for yeah, that? I know we put a lot of emphasis on millennials. We're in that group. We're high maintenance to a certain extent. Uh, but there's, a, there's employers trying to attract us. and There's a huge group, right? Mm-hmm. Things in this article, things that experts say that millennials want, I think everybody wants. Everybody from every generation wants it. So... Mm-hmm. It's just to a different, it's yeah. like to what extent. And for example, when we think about personal time. So if, if, if we're talking about a millennial, what the research would say is that the millennials want to, and this article really speaks to this, is to be able to shift between work and personal time more fluidly. So the, mm. the author of this gives a really good example of watching his daughter, who's home from school, um, from, from break in college, and she comes home and he sees her working, you know, at her computer, doing doing homework or studying, whatever that is, and shifting back and forth between that and instant messaging and being Facebook with friends and taking a phone call and back to work and, and just wow. going kind of back and forth, back and forth. And so what I think is interesting is I, I mean, that's that's absolutely how I operate. And what, what the um, research would say is that baby boomers and maybe even some Gen X folks are really appreciate more of that dedicated personal time. So, and he even says, you know, I would rather have a big chunk of time to spend with my family, to be focused on work, get my work done, and then be able to leave and and maybe shut it off. So, an example of this would be, I walk in the door at home, grab my phone, I put it away. Right. And then I have dinner, mm-hmm. and then have conversation, play with my kids, and then... When I'm done with that, maybe I set aside 45 minutes to check email or, or do some work-related activities, and right. I'm again 100% dedicated to those that activity mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah, Is that what you're and, yeah, and I think it's part of it. It's technology. It's social media. It's oh, all of this connected. stuff that crazy. we're so connected, and it's it's at your fingertips, right? So like, I can take my laptop home, and I can. I don't know what it's called because I'm not a tech person, but I can go right into my desktop. So it's like I'm sitting at the office. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting right at the office. My cell phone has my work calendar. I can schedule appointments. It's got all my work contacts in it. And it's also got all my personal stuff on it too, right? It's, it's interconnected. So in the same phone that I can easily see how many work emails I have, I could go on Facebook and, and check out things that are going on on Facebook, or I could update my LinkedIn profile. So Everything's just so connected that I think that this generation, we've been exposed to this. I mean, this is how it's, it's always norm. been. Yeah, this is how, norm. since I've been working in, in the professional field in the last 10 years, this is how it's always been. So I don't know how it would be any different. I can't do you imagine. Like it? I do. I do. I like the ability to, um, to, if I need to take a personal phone call at work, I can do that. I like the ability that I can get a text message from the the person that's watching my my daughter and know what's going on with her in the middle of the day and it doesn't have to be disconnected. So I like that ability for it to be flexible. I can certainly appreciate, you know, heads down time or if I'm on vacation or on the weekend, like I want that time to be dedicated. I think there's a place for both. But in the case of like your phone, it's your personal. So if you're on vacation, how do you tune out? Do you like remove it from your inbox or? You could, I mean, there's probably folks that do that. for me right now, I ha- I'm carrying two phones, and even my work phone has personal stuff on it. It's not worth doing. It, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be moving away from that because I'm just only carrying two around. But yeah. I think there's ways to set to set healthy boundaries. And what what the research in this article is saying is that within the next ten years, the millennials are going to make up 
75% of our workforce. That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. And so we've, we've got to find a way to, when we can, look, look at our work environments to, to support their needs. And so, you know, having schedules that are so rigid where, and I, you know, I, the first thing that comes to mind is I think of maybe a manufacturing facility where folks are working on a maybe production line and they mm-hmm. take a break when a bell goes off. And so that, that mindset is very, it's certainly not current with, with what maybe the current generation of workers, these millennials might want, because that is completely separate and there isn't much flexibility. And there are, are companies that even write policies that would say that if you're on your phone in between, if you're connected in between, that you could be disciplined. Absolutely so right. It's, I, it's, I worked in, at a college job. I worked in that environment yeah, where you're not even allowed to have your cell phone out anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are some out. that are so strict. You can't even have it on your, on, in your, Absolutely. in your pocket. It has to but be a locker. But to your point, like when that bell rings or you're clocking out or whatever, you're just totally checked out from work. Yes. And I think, you know, with the way millennials are, and I think just people in general, like for me, money's a motivator, but um, being passionate about what I do is actually more of a motivator for me. Right. So, actually blending in my work with my life is is part of who I am. So I wouldn't want that bell to ring and then just totally check out or even on vacation, like not to think about work at all. Mm-hmm. I love business and I love marketing and I love what I do so much that I wouldn't want to stop thinking about it. Yeah, honestly. me either. I don't, I don't know that I would know how to completely yeah. shut it off. It'd I certainly hard. haven't figured it out. And that's, that's another good point that you make is that millennials are really focused on making a difference and That's having, great, yeah, yeah, having their, having their work really apply to the greater good, having their work be connected to some, some uh, great vision, and maybe it's the company's mission, for instance, or something like that. So this article, and maybe we can talk through some yeah, of the, these recommendations about what he's suggesting uh, a company focus on when you're, when you're really trying to create some people practices within your organization. So one of the things he talks about is this flexibility, this idea of what is flexibility. And I think... Previously to reading this article, my mind would go to there would be divide. And I'm really thinking about it differently and that, that there would be flexibility to give employees time to get away, even if it's just small periods of time. Shorter, mm-hmm. more frequent breaks might be more appreciated. What a nap in the middle, middle of the day. Right. I have clients <laughs> that have a room, have areas yeah. for employees to, to take naps. They're in an environment where um, they sometimes work really long hours managing yeah. events, and they need a place to to relax. Providing employees with you know an environment where they can do fun stuff with their coworkers. So if you've got, for instance, a pool table in your facility mm-hmm. or a workout room in your facility where they can go for 20 minutes and do something, or maybe you don't have the the means to do that. But everybody has access to computers in their workplace. So maybe what you do is you project onto a screen. You've got employees that are interested in working out. And maybe you want to go on YouTube and have employees get together and do one of the videos on YouTube together. Even little things yeah. like that, like finding ways for people to um, sneak away just for short yeah. periods of time. It's interesting you say this because in, in my mind when I hear you talk, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, okay, so you, if you blend in the flexibility throughout the day to do those things... It seems like it would it would actually extend the work day. It could, or and I think that could be an okay thing. You you've heard the, like the four hour work week stuff. There's there's a book written on that, and yeah. I think people are like, if we have a shortened work week, we're more productive. And I would argue the opposite. I would argue what you're saying actually, in that if you if you blend in 
these flexible personal mm-hmm. time off or whatever, just away from from work, you could be more productive because you're refreshed. You're mm-hmm. not thinking about work all the time. You're getting up from your desk. You're getting away. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think I think it's totally possible. I think it would certainly depend on the the people the that you have, yeah, and, and the, the type, type of work. work that you're doing. You know, you may have folks that can't can't work a nine to seven day yeah. because they have daycare constraints or things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's another thing too. In the the article that the Washington Post put out, and um, there's some data in there about the fact that 80 percent of millennials that are working are dual income families. So hmm. both people are are you know out of the home working, and that. The baby boomer generation is about forty six percent. So there's there's Whoa. an right there's an opportunity for there to be a gap in terms of empathy. So if I'm a leader and I'm and I'm just going to use as an example baby boomer being a leader in an organization and my partner or spouse is home, do I have the same empathy for my employees who are dual income families? Because that's what it takes right mm-hmm. now to maintain a household in some cases. So, and there are struggles that come with both people working. And I know there are struggles the other way too. So there are, I've um, lived in both worlds. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying one is, is worse or more difficult, but just something to think about because giving employees time for having schedules that meet their needs, I think is a great way to to have there be flexibility. He talks in here too, about making sure that, um, we're focusing on outcomes. So if employees are most productive, let's say at 5.30 in the morning, but you're you're a normal professional, you know, like a service organization and it's an eight to five job. Well, if, if they are, if that's their peak time, why wouldn't we want to get the most out of it? And, and offering modified schedules, sure. we get better work done. And, yeah. and having people work in teams and groups that support their creativity. And I'm not talking about you know, completely shaking up your organization. Sure. And, and There's got to be some standards. Yeah, but but really looking at, do we have the right work on the right desks? Yeah. And is are the people that we have producing their best work? And if not, how can we how can we change that? Because that's what millennials want. They want yeah. to produce good work. Well, I like the outcomes because it almost puts the the success in your court to say, mm-hmm. okay, if if you have some flexibility on your schedule or. I mean, all I'm going to do is measure your performance based on your outcomes and the way you uh, finish the work and how mm-hmm. quality it is. If if I know that going in, I mean, I'm going to be more likely to take advantage of those things, but also not prove you wrong. Either. Right, right. And so if we're if we're focused on outcomes, I'm incentivized to produce good ones, and that means that if by Wednesday I've met my expectations and there's flexibility for me to take a couple days off. Great. And having those types of policies, whether it's vacation or sick or PTO or unlimited PTO, like everyone's talking about right now, or a truncated schedule where Mm -hmm. people are working, you know, four days. Um, I think there's even a company in Portland that just announced that they're, they're going to 32 hour work weeks because their CEO doesn't believe that people are productive in the last eight hours. And so, you know, there's different schools of thought on all of that, but you know, just focusing on what, what works for your people and, and what research says is that millennials want to be focused on results. So I think that's it's good. I hope, I hope more, more than just a millennial generation focuses on outcomes. Yeah. So the, the last thing that he talks about in here is to encourage collaboration. I think part of this comes from 
all the, the social networking things that we've been exposed to for so many years, right? I mean, it was MySpace and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all this stuff were, were connected electronically. And so finding ways to mirror some of that inside of the workplace, I think, could, could do a world of good for employers that have millennials. Yeah, so expand on the col- collaboration part, like working in teams, working in pairs, just having a friend at work, like what... I think it could be all of that stuff, you know, creating things like buddy programs or mentor programs. Mentor programs. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to have collaboration. And there's there's a great benefit to pairing people up that are maybe even in different generations or different work groups. So, you know, baby boomers um, usually, and this is a generalization, a lot of what we're talking about in here is generalizations, but baby boomers often want to mentor and teach, and it's a great way to get that that legacy knowledge instilled in your your younger workforce, right? So pairing someone up like that and maybe having a millennial or maybe even if you've got really young employees in your workplace, the Gen Z generation that's going to be coming up that is so technology-based. Gen Z, they start, what, 1994? Is that right? They would start to be born in 1994. Is that right? I'm looking at this article. It says millennials are from 1982 to 1993. So that would be 1994. So anyone, yeah, anyone born now. 94. So they till would now. they'd be in the workforce already. They're starting yep. to come in the workforce. Yeah, or maybe not clients. maybe not necessarily full-fledged, but like mm-hmm. probably college jobs. Summer in college point. and and I have some clients that hire minors even. So and what a different oh. world it is. I mean, I it's so interesting having conversations they with, probably can with have conversation baby with boomers oh. <laughs> who are managing Gen Z employees and um, well, because they're probably just, glued to their phones and they're, and, they're not and the, socially Right, there. and the client I'm thinking about, um, the company that I'm working with, is one of those where no phone's on the floor. So what mm. a different world it is. And there's, there's um, I don't know how else to say it, like an empathy gap in terms of like, how do I put myself in your shoes, even a millennial to a Gen Z employee? Like we just, we're, it's different. I don't and know so, if you, yeah, the empathy is an interesting point. I don't know if you can because they're in totally different places of their lives mm-hmm. at the moment. What I think they can do is say, hey, each of us have something really good to offer. Let's team up and collaborate. collaborate. I mean, right. to your point in the, this article, mm-hmm. that's probably the the route you'd want to go? I, I, think I don't so. know. We're not experts on this necessarily. We're just... No, but I think it's, it's just an interesting thing for businesses and owners to think about because, you know, look look, look at your people. If you're listening to the podcast, look at your, your people and, and where they're at and who they're working with together and just find ways, I think, to encourage collaboration. I think better ideas happen um, when there's lots of thinkers in the room. Uh, we can accomplish more. And so... And I think people, all generations, want to work together, yeah. especially when they're aligned with a greater purpose within the organization, mm-hmm. as long as everyone's I'll, aware I'll of say it. one of the best things our organization did in the last few years was we developed a mentorship program, which is awesome. Uh, that sparked collaboration between people who wanted to, to get to another level in their career and, and to also develop a really good relationship. And maybe there was already established relationships, too. The other thing was the book club. Uh, I love the book club. Just for the fact that you're all reading something similar, but you're, I mean, there's people across all departments that just want to participate in there. They all have something different to offer. Mm-hmm. They're parts of different generations. So millennials, there's, right. um, we don't really have any boomers necessarily, but Xers for sure. And it's just, just really cool to see the collaboration. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, that's probably one thing that you could do like right away. Yeah. And it's a low that. cost, especially, I mean, the mentor program that we have is, is like no cost, really no cost other than, 
you know, the time, allowing your employees the time. And I know I can speak from it from being a mentor and being someone that is getting mentored um, or mentee. It's been so great for me, um, stretching me in, in my leadership skills and um, now coming into this new position that I've taken on and um, managing some of the employees. It's been a great opportunity to learn and grow um, to get me ready to take this position. And so I just think it's it's been great. Everybody's learned a lot. And we've even mm-hmm. had cross-department mentoring going on where there's people like you, the person that you're mentoring, isn't even in the sales and marketing department. So yeah. um, I think that's so great. And, and it's a low-cost thing that a business yeah. can add. And tying it back to this overall point about the balance, think about what you, you would normally go do to get education or further your career. You'd go back to school. Well, where's the balance in that when you're like going to night school if you've got a kids at home or yep. um you know a spouse to get to or mm-hmm. a partner there's not not a lot of balance because you're yeah. like you're going to school either in the morning before work mm-hmm. or after and it's just like your your world seems out of control but a mentor relationship or a book club are these things where you're collaborating with others to get knowledge and to still integrate your work and what you're passionate about within your personal life that to me seems like a, it's no substitute for formal education no, but I think there it it definitely helps. Yeah, and it's something that a business can can share with the market that they're offering. I mean, these are the intangible things that we can talk about when we're looking for talent and and planning ways to to recruit new employees to our organization. Like this is where people should be focusing. Cost of healthcare, it's going up, and we recognize that maybe we're not going to be able to be as competitive on that front. So what else can we do to attract people to our organization? Talk to your employees. Ask them what they want. Ask what's missing for them. Employee surveys are a great way to get that information. Focus groups, stay interviews. There's lots of means that an employer can can use to get that information. But your people have, have ideas about what they need, so that's a great place to start. There's a ton of information out there. There's I actually was searching for a book on generations in the workplace. There's there's tons of books on it. There's tons of trainings. The, this gem that you found in uh, LinkedIn Pulse is where they have all the kind of expert articles. There's tons of stuff in there yes. on this topic. So for those that are listening, you know, don't let this conversation be like the, the last step in, in figuring out the work-life balance and the millennial uh, topic. There's so much information out there, and we'll definitely keep talking about it. Anything else from your perspective, Lacey? I don't think so. I just would think about, you know, when when you're talking with your teams and, and at your leadership table um, and the, the word work-life balance or that phrase comes up, think about blend. Just try to yeah. think about it maybe in a different way where there's flexibility and blending in terms of time and activities. And I would, you know, that, that word is great, but it's for, for a lot of people, it's not meaningful. Maybe even further define what, what you mean by that, like being specific. You can go work out in the middle of the day. Yes. Yeah. Or absolutely. Go use and, our nap room. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just be and specific about what that, what the blend exactly, means. Exactly. And communicate that to your employees so that they know that there's permission and it's encouraged. And, this is this might seem crazy, but even to have the leaders within the organization that maybe aren't millennials partake in some of that blending and, and balance and flexibility. Because when they see it modeled, when I see my manager or the leader of, of the organization going on a walk outside in the middle of the day, that's encouraging to me that tells me it's okay for me to do that too. So think about maybe doing that as well. Well, I'd like to thank my co-host and partner in crime, Lacey Halpern, for joining yeah. us today. If uh, you like what you heard, 
or um, have been a longtime listener, feel free to go on iTunes, give us a review. Uh, we're, we're always looking for um, feedback on how we're doing and what topics you'd like to hear as well. Yeah. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com. <laughs>